0: I should have been recording this riveting thing about Mythbusters <laughs> and the Brown Note and shitting ourselves. About
1: musical notes that are so low that they make you shit your pants. Exactly. It's yeah. like
0: the kind of quality that our two listeners expect from us.
1: I do. I do miss Mythbusters. Hey, we have at least three. Well, four if you count your mom. I guess. And five if you count my mom on the weeks that she actually listens. I think she listened to Back to the Future. I told her we were going to be making a whole bunch of motherfucker jokes, but she was like, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair.
0: It is fair. It is fair. <laughs> so we didn't make as many as like I expected us to. Steven kept us pretty like on the street and narrow. So <laughs> he has a, like a purifying effect on us for some reason. <laughs> Only a little bit, but like kind of
1: marginally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this thing then. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is the 258th episode of our weekly podcast where we discuss all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be hosting this week's episode. And with me, I've got just Mark. Only Mark, nobody else.
0: Just Mark? That's all I get. Just Mark. All right,
1: cool. My partner in crime, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. Uh yeah it's I don't know it hasn't been uh, too long since we talked.
0: Uh no we've talked like four every day since we recorded this last, which was thirteen seconds ago. Uh the <laughs> as we're recording this, last week's episode just went up. So
1: yeah. I am I am rushing the recording schedule, folks. Yeah. Full, full disclosure I am going camping for the Canada Day weekend, long weekend, and so for like four days. And so I, this is only like three days after we recorded last. So. That's why there's not going to be a whole shitload of news this week. That's fine. I'm okay with it. So, uh, there was some stuff that happened, though. So, let's get into that. Where the fuck are my tabs? There we are. Uh, The first one just happened today as we are recording this. (laughs) It'll probably be old news by the time you hear this. But the Amazon Prime series Good Omens, which, for all we knew, was probably just going to be like a one-off, just got announced that it is getting a second season. So, this is the Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett original novel that was adapted into the first season and now this there's no second novel so apparently they are basing it off of a treatment that Gaiman and Pratchett discussed in like a hotel room many years before Pratchett uh, passed away but yeah so I mean Good Omens it was the the first season was beloved by a lot of people we were both pretty cool with it like I enjoyed it. it generally it was fun but uh what do you think about a second season is Gaiman on board? I didn't, that's the only thing I didn't catch. Yeah. Yeah. He, he put a blog post up today, like giving it his stamp of approval and saying like, yes, they're getting like the same people back. And it's based, it is, you know, even though there's no second novel, it is based on a treatment that he and uh, Pratchett had discussed uh, later on. Okay. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. he okay. also mentioned not this time, but the a previous time that he mentioned that, you know, they had discussed kind of where Crowley and Aziraphale would end up. They kind of decided like, that story maybe didn't need to be told and now they're maybe going back to that. Well, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's adaptation, right? It's, it's TV versus a novel. Maybe he thinks that it's, it will be more compelling in a story than it would be in a novel or something like that. So
0: fair. I mean like that, that's the only reason I was surprised by the announcement was that like, it it feels like it's pretty wrapped up at the end of it. Like I didn't,
1: Need to know anything more about those characters, I thought. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I love watching Michael Sheen and David Tennant yeah, play absolutely. off each other. So, like, I'm happy with more of that. It was just really the the only thing that didn't super grab me with the first season was there was some weird story stuff going on that, like, I just wasn't always there for. But anytime that they were there and playing off each other is fucking great. So, I mean, if I get more Crowley and Aziraphale, then fine, I'll watch it regardless of what they're doing or what story they're in kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, like if it's it's basically I just want to watch like Michael Sheen and David Tennant at that point, right? So Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm okay with that.
1: So uh, cool, I guess, yeah. Exactly. Uh, another thing that got announced just a couple of days ago was that there is a Madame Xanadu series uh, based on the DC mystical character that is going to be getting a series on HBO Max. Uh, it's sort of in early developments right now. No word if this is going to be related to the Justice League Dark stuff that's going on over there or not. I think it'd be stupid if it's not, but it's Warner right now, so I'm not hedging my yeah. bets on anything happening. I mean, it's a cool, it's an interesting character that they could do cool, like Vertigo kind of shit with on HBO
0: Max. But yeah, you just said like uh, you, you were yeah. not sure you would trust them to do it, and I will. I just outright say that I do not. So.
1: Yeah, so that Madam Xanadu series will be, it's based on an Arthurian character, but the DC version is basically really far. It's usually set in modern times. We'll see what happens with this HBO Max series. But I think part of me hopes that like this series is maybe what the Constantine series could have been.
0: Yes. I mean, that sounds like a fair like ask. I mean, yeah. I doubt it will be, but, but I you know. mean
1: they won't have to water it down for cable, right? Or yeah, like that's for, true for network television, right? Like they won't have to make it PG-13. With, you know, if they're doing it on HBO Max, they can fucking make it like full-on rated R, like real creepy shit. Especially like, a, you know, the other comparison would be that Swamp Thing series that we watched that was all over the fucking place too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember I you did that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: that was a piece of
0: like entertainment, I guess. I'll <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, we did get a casting note for the Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. In that, Ron Perlman is going to be voicing Optimus Primal.
0: I did see that. Uh, <laughs> returning to the role, actually, he's played Optimus Prime or Optimus Primal on one of the animated shows before. Yeah, so he's kind of returning to the franchise. But you know, I mean that. I mean, Ron Perlman's better than nobody. He's, he's got that cool deep
1: booming voice that Colin has as well. Like, it, pr- yeah. I can see. You know, it'll be interesting to see if he does. A Cullen impression, or if he does his own take on it, or whatever. I think he could probably do it either way. He's a talented guy. Yeah,
0: no, I'm. I like Ron Perlman. So, like, this was. I mean, out of all the news that's coming out about this movie, like that was the one thing that I was like, oh, I don't mind that. That's cool. Like, I, I can live with that. Yeah. There's a lot of other things about it that are probably gonna drive me <laughs> insane, but like, that's fine. Yeah.
1: The next thing uh, we are starting to get some initial reactions and reviews for Black Widow now, and they are all over the place kind of thing. I've seen some that are good. Uh, Most of what I've seen is that a lot of the best parts of it are in the peripheral characters kind of thing is that maybe the main plot and characters are sort of, okay, they're there, but like the, the, a lot of the, you know, good stuff is that kind of maybe the, the secondary characters are showing up the main characters to some extent. Yeah. Sure. We'll see. I mean, really, it's going to be the first fucking Marvel movie that we've got to see in fucking a year and a half. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I figured my bias is going to show hard when we finally get a chance to see it. So, yeah, I mean, just give me the movie at this point.
1: Uh, I hate that people have seen it and I haven't basically. So, well, I mean, it hasn't like released in theaters yet. This is all like, no, the, I know. it's the, all the, preview the Yeah, aspect, the reviewers. Right? Yeah, they're uh, getting early access kind of thing. So we'll see. Alright, the very last piece of news is just to show how fucking slow a news week it has been. The internet is all pissed off because a Lego set isn't called Slave 1. So, Lego is releasing a new version of Boba Fett ship, which is canonically called Slave 1. Yeah. And, apparently, the Lego set... It just says Boba Fett Starship and when the internet got all up in arms about it, uh, they contacted I guess it was Yeah, the Lego designers, and the Lego designers said, Oh yeah, Disney told us they didn't want to use that name anymore. So I guess Disney is like quietly retconning out the name Slave One. And the internet is upset. And the internet okay. is upset. And it is never referred to that as to as that in the movies, no. I was gonna say like they never actually call it that. Sh- do they? Do they not ever? No, it's it's only ever like in sort of supplemental media or like figures or that sort of thing. It's never referred to as slave one in the actual movie. Well, I mean like. The internet getting angry just means that
0: the internet is like on. So <laughs>
1: yeah, so that is just to show you that the internet will get fucking angry about anything. But that was everything I had for news this week. It just fucking took us an hour to get through that because of technical difficulties. Did I miss anything? <laughs> I don't know. What do we even talk
0: about? I couldn't hear you half the <laughs> I can't remember time. Anymore. So, like, I, yeah, sure. Let's just move along here and see what else
1: right. we can record. It's holding out right now, though. It's doing okay right now. So fingers crossed.
0: I, I'm not doing anything that might fucking jinx us,
1: or whatever. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to our Geek of the Week! Which is a segment where we talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the past, in this case, like, half a week. So, Mark, what is your Geek of the Half Week? Oh my god, I just
0: finished recording last week's episodes, or, like, editing last <laughs> week's episode. It. Yeah, I just finished doing last week's episode, so it basically, because, like, basically we recorded, and I got called the same night to do uh, another YouTube video. So I've been oh. working nonstop since that. The only thing I have done is I've been shopping, and we didn't talk about this on last week's episode, so I guess I can talk about it now, is that I've been shopping for Transformers like a crazy person <laughs> again.
1: I can um, see a bunch of Transformers in the back of Mark's frame right now. There's a stack of like my this week's
0: uh, income, basically. Uh, <laughs> or incoming Transformers. So like, yeah, this week, oh man, there was a couple at the beginning of the week. I got what do we talk about at the beginning of the week? Grimlock. The new studio series Grimlock.
1: Talk but to your microphone, you savage.
0: I'm over here. <laughs> you you shit and die. I'm talking about my transformers. It's editing mark. Type. Yeah, kinda, right? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Uh yeah, no. So I got the studio series run of them that are like all the eighty six kind of styled ones. So like I got Scourge this week along with I did Blur and Jazz that are both Studio Series ones. I bought a box. This is how fucking nerdy I am I'm being about these ones. So I bought Starscream from Earthrise and he, there's a box, a matching box of Skywarp and Thundercracker. So I fucking bought that. I got Ultra <laughs> Magnus earlier this week. So that's pretty cool. I was actually went to a store this week. Legitimately actually went into a store and bought Optimus Prime for Earthrise. So <laughs> basically I've just been like buying up the Transformers that I missed the last like 2 years while I was unemployed. I got like... I just ordered... Oh, and then I ordered uh, the new Galvatron and Rodimus Prime for Kingdom. So that's like... I think that's it. That was kind of the end of it. I'm still looking for a Springer from Siege. I missed him. Uh, And I gotta dig out my Siege figures, because they're over there somewhere in a pile, and
1: are there yeah. any of them that, like, because they've been out for a while, were, like, harder to find or more expensive? Like, are there any of <laughs> them you end up having to buy for, like, well above retail or anything?
0: I haven't had to pay above, like, while, like, well above retail, no, but, like, a little bit above retail, yes. So, like, the Springer that I did end up finding was, like, he should be 40 bucks. I paid 60 for him, basically, um, which is not too bad. That was the only one that, like, I paid above market for. There is one, like, I am in the process of debating a couple of them because I have Siege... Starscream and the Seekers in Siege transformed into like a Cybertronian Tetrajet, as opposed to an F-15, which is what these guys are now. But uh, the Thundercracker and Skywarp were separate, and Thundercracker is rel- relatively easy to get, but Skywarp costs like two hundred dollars on his own. And I'm like, I, like I don't, I would love to have the set of them because in my head, and this is why this is my Geek of the Week, because I actually had a plan. <laughs> like the masterpiece Starscream and Seekers just came out a new set of them. Which are like ridiculously cartoon accurate, and I wanted those three figures to stand up in robot mode, and then have the Siege Tetra Jets in jet mode and the Earthrise Jets in jet mode next to them, like a matching set kind of thing. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen because that last Tetra Jet's gonna cost two hundred fifty bucks, and I can't. Just, I the most I've spent on any of these at this point is fifty, so I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's a, it's a uh, we'll big, see. big jump.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's quite the the jump, and like that again, these aren't masterpieces. They're just like the the kind of like run up like line. It's all siege line, right? Like everything's from that War for Cybertron line. Whether it be Siege, Earthrise, or Kingdom, they're all at the same scale and kind of designs and stuff like that. A lot of them are repeats too. Like I bought Kingdom Optimus Prime. Apparently, it's a complete like it's exactly the same mold as Earthrise Prime was. And I guess the Ultra Magnus has been the same almost the entire time, except they put a new cap on them for the Earth mode in Kingdom, mm-hmm. finally. And that's about it. But, so there's a lot of repeats and stuff like that coming through, but whatever. They gave us a new Galvatron. I don't know what the fuck else t- to tell you. I got a Galvatron, excursion. Scourge, and a Cyclonus, which I've never owned a set of because I've never had a set of them in the same line that looked enough like G1 for me to like buy them all. So now they have, and that's what, that's kind of where like all this insanity started was those three characters. And <laughs> here we are now, me just buying like random shit off, eBay or off Amazon because I'm bored. <laughs> yeah.
1: So here that uh, Hasbro, all you need to do to get Mark to buy your shit is put in characters that originated in the tra- in Transformers, the movie. Yeah, basically. Uh, that's, that's
0: always been my way though. Like that's kind of always been the Pop characters been
1: there. And a... <laughs> I
0: bought a cup. I have a cup. I got a cup. I have all of those Autobots now. So, like, all the the new Autobots, because I got Springer, I have Blur, Cup, Hot Rod, I have Rodimus Prime coming, I bought Ultra Magnus. I can't think of any... Oh, the only one I'd be missing at that point is Perceptor. And, like, they haven't done a Perceptor yet. And Unicron. Well, Unicron... Yeah, that's a fuck, that's, yeah. Well, I (laughs) I have to live vicariously through some other Transformers fans for the Unicron, sadly. Mm -hmm. Um, I still kind of like use, the the impetus for all this is always like, I can use these for reference while I'm drawing all my horse shit. (laughs) It's hard to justify that for
1: $600 figure. Yeah.
0: As hard as I'm trying to justify it, because not because I want Unicron so much, but I want the new masterpiece Optimus Prime, like the MP forty four, is mm-hmm. just like super beautiful and like movie model accurate. And I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to spend six hundred dollars on that. Like I do, but like I don't, you know. <laughs> so Fair we'll enough. see. We'll see what happens. It'll be harder, you know, it'll be up to you to keep me from like like hold me back from buying them when we start going to cons. As, like, yeah, I'm progresses. not that
1: friend, buddy. I'm not yeah, the enabler. I'm like, dude, you should just do it. Just fucking only live once.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> and that's how I'm always like. I always am with these things. I'm always like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Like, you yeah. take it with you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, I guess I'm buying Masterpiece Prime at some point. So, they...
1: <laughs> so my geek of the week. I uh, finally finished watching the last season, fourth season of Black Lightning. Um, it ended okay. I mean, I'm always like, I always like seeing where these characters end up at the end and kind of how they finish things. They did leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger because I don't think they knew that they were getting canceled. But like the budget really looked fucking took a shit in that last season. Clearly, like so for anybody that is interested in Black Lightning, like I know I I recommended it back when it first came out. I stand by that recommendation. I would say watch the first season, maybe leave it there.
0: Fair, (laughs) fair. Yeah, I was like, it was one of those shows that I was like, am I ever going to go back to this? And I kind of was like, uh, just because of the uh, and not even because like, it's, you know, whatever. It's just because I don't want to watch any more of the CW shows. (laughs) Like I just (laughs) well, out of
1: all of them, it was the least like any of the others. and That's why I liked it. It really stood out and was doing its own kind of thing, especially when it started out compared to the other CW shows. (laughs) Yeah, it was tackling much more real real world issues kind of thing, but then it just it did start leaning more into the, the like the CW drama uh kind of like Smallville kind of shit and then I was kind of done with it.
0: Which yeah I'm and just I'm like I'm so over that shit at this point that I'm just like, all right, that's cool. We don't yeah. need to do that anymore.
1: Cool. Still, yeah, that first season was a solid season of TV. Alright. We can move on then to our meat of the episode. Giant schnitzel gruben meat.
0: Yeah, I was I was trying to figure out what you were going to say there, actually. I was like, this, <laughs> this could go, this could
1: go sideways on me real quick. Let's be honest, this whole fucking meaty episode could go sideways real quick. I mean, it really could. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so so Mel Brooks just turned ninety five. I think yesterday, as we are uh, recording this episode, and I don't think we've ever like we've definitely never done a whole episode on a Mel Brooks movie or property or anything. No. And I mean, I don't even think we've really given him that much discussion on the podcast or anything like that. But like for one of the all time great comedic directors, I figured that it was worth an episode to honor him. And I've known for a very long time that I had a big blazing saddle shaped hole in my film knowledge. It is something that I I've seen bits and pieces of and have awareness of just because of like fucking memes and clips and shit like that. But I had never watched the whole thing straight to finish and so we sat down and watched Blazing Saddles this week. So I guess I just kind of gave my history with this movie. I really like I was always I was been aware of it for a long, long time. But for whatever reason, it just slipped right past me when I was going back and watching like classic comedies and movies and shit like that, like in my 20s.
0: What is Blazing Saddles for you? Well, the way you look at Monty Python, I look at Mel Brooks, basically. Nice. Like that's he's foundational to my comedy.
1: He's the American Monty Python. Yeah,
0: he's foundational to my comedy also. You know what I mean? Like just that everything is a everything is sarcastic wink. Like literally everything is a sarcastic wink. (laughs) Like everything that he does, everything he says, everything that's written into a script. Like there's a reason why he cast Gene Wilder all the time because like <laughs> nobody's more sarcastic on camera than he is. Uh, no, I'm a Mel Brooks oh, yeah, fan. Just that
1: amazing rye fucking oh, delivery. Fuck.
0: We're going to talk a lot about Gene Wilder uh, in this episode because <laughs> he's like like he, he the two leads of this movie are impeccable. Just stellar. Yeah. Like together and like oh my god Gene Wilder kills me. <laughs> yeah, but like this is one of those things where like my parents probably put in front of me way too early. I saw this when I was really young. Like really young. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, I've always thought this, it was hilarious.
1: This has to be one of those situations then where, like, when you first watch it, you... you got some of the jokes but there were many that you didn't get until you rewatched later later like yeah i wasn't no, like Mom, dad why did you let me watch this when i was eight or something that question comes up every once in a while in the
0: house you know <laughs> why you let me watch this shit but yeah no I, I saw this pretty and like like i thought it was hilarious even when i was a kid so like and it's one that like as i get older like the layers are always getting to peel back like it, it's funny for different reasons every time i watch it these mm. days so I don't watch it all the time like it's something i'll like pull out every like five years i'm like oh i'm in the mood to get like excessively high and watch blazing saddles <laughs> and uh here we go so yeah actually i, I don't, it, it had been a while too since i'd watched it so it was it was a nice welcome like let's go home and you know <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: watch part just do this fucking nonsense for 90 minutes and yeah, just so.
1: fucking ham it up yeah so. yeah all right, well then, uh, Mark, for our listeners that may not have seen *Blazing Saddles*, can you give us the plot synopsis of *Blazing Saddles*? Uh,
0: no, because there is no plot to *Blazing Saddles*.
1: <laughs> There's a loose.
0: Plot. There's a plot. There is a plot. Uh, it can be described literally in like three sentences, and you tell I can tell you the entire movie in like five minutes. Basically, the attorney general of a state—I'm not sure—they they don't really. Do they say which state it is? I can't remember.
1: I don't think so. It's, it's a generic it's, Western. It's generic state. Western state.
0: <laughs> the attorney general of that state is trying to get a railroad put in through this town called Oh, I just Rock Ridge. Sorry, uh, it's all it's in my notes four hundred times. Rock Ridge. Yeah, and to do that, like kind of surreptitiously, he sends a sheriff to the town to like uproot all of the townsfolk who is black, and also continuously sends thugs and stuff to like kind of attack the town.
1: But yeah, he's he's basically he's trying to get the citizens to. Leave. To leave the town so so that he can can sell it. it. Yeah, so he can seize it and sell it to the railroad developer and make a fucking mint on it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. So, And that's, like, the entire plot of the movie. It's just, like, him doing things to have that end. But we'll run through the whole thing. I'm just saying it's, like, it's a real simple... It ain't a complicated movie. <laughs> the movie starts on music, basically. We, there's a lot of music in this. This is the one time where I'm okay with it. Guess why? Because the Mel Brooks comedy <laughs> completely fits in here. This is Looney Tunes, basically, is what you're watching right now. Yeah. So it completely fits. Oh perfectly. straight up. There
1: are there are straight up fucking Looney Tunes gags in this movie. Oh, holy shit, there's a
0: lot of them actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a number of Looney Tunes gags. There's even a gag that like Conan the Barbarian steals in a couple years. Because he punches oh, yeah. a horse. Yeah. Remember oh yeah. He punches the horse. Conan punches a camel. (laughs) Remember, Arnold fucking punches the camel. Fucking great. Anyway, so we eventually get to a railroad which is being installed by slave labor. It seems like, and hilarity ensues immediately. The I don't know what you would call those people—the surveyors or. Slave owner or whoever like the
1: the, f- cha- the bosses, the chain gang bosses, bosses chain basically, gang? yeah, sure, whatever. whatever,
0: dipshits, all every one of them, right, are trying to get these black guys to sing. The bumbling, yeah, the bumbling white dudes, basically, basically, are trying to get the the black men and like I guess there's some Asian guys in there too, to sing while they're being forced to install a uh, railroad. It goes over not super great and they end up making complete fucking asses of themselves by singing what are they singing again oh camp town lady camp town races camp town races sorry yeah they end up so we yeah it's ridiculous like we it starts on a joke everything's a gag so nothing's serious and it's the best
1: after bart sings oh what does he sing Oh, I can't remember from... anymore that's, like, that's totally to... anachronistic right like it's oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah, is, at least really things is... like something from like the 50s or 60s or and he like winks that,
0: at too. the camera almost immediately upon yeah. like going center frame so like that's like
1: yeah you've got like a anachron like purposeful anachronism and like a fucking fourth wall break in the first like three minutes of the movie
0: absolutely right like he winks <laughs> at the camera within like three seconds of the fucking like of him being on camera so these fucking white assholes like take tell them him and his I guess it's his brother. They don't really specify super in detail. Like he calls yeah. him brother at the end of the movie, but he does he's, then... he's black guys, so like I don't know anymore. It's true. <laughs> like, this um, is true. So like they send them off to go to check for a quicksand, a possible quicksand thing, which we quickly find out is in the most like the, And again, Looney Tunes starts right at the top, right? Like they start sinking yeah. without noticing it. Like this only happens in cartoons.
1: Handcart gags are like that's like quintessential Ancient, fucking yeah. Looney Tunes, right? Like it, it is. It is. Well, I mean, it's also going back. That's going back to like fucking silent film gags. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah. like old Charlie Chaplin stuff shit, too. Yeah. So,
0: so they end up getting stuck in the in the quicksand. The whatever, chain gang bosses show up and realize that they were going to lose their handcart, and they broke the handcart out, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Leave, <laughs> leaving the two black dudes to, to fucking either die or get themselves out.
0: Yeah, basically leaving uh, Bart and his brother or whatever up to their own devices. They Bart thankfully has his foot on the rail, so he kind of guides them out. And then like as soon as they get out, the guy's like, what does he say? He's like, it breaks over, you're not gonna do it's not gonna do you any good to get a tan, which is like <laughs> awesome. <Brutal>. Just <laughs> fuck brutal. So <laughs> Bart takes it upon himself at that point to just fucking whack this guy over the goddamn headlock.
1: <laughs> so which is great. Clocks, clock, Slim Pickens, right in the back of the fucking head.
0: Oh, that's what the guy's name is. Is Slim Pickens? I called him dipshit through the entire well, movie. Slim, because... Slim
1: Pickens is the actor. Like he, oh, Slim Pickens, okay. is like the character name is Taggart. But yeah, Slim Pickens is like a was a big Western movie star back. Like, He day. looked
0: familiar, but I never knew his name. So that's... Well, you,
1: you you recognize him from Doctor Strangelove?
0: Yeah. No, I know. I recognize him from a lot of stuff because yeah. I've watched a lot of like Sergio Leone stuff. That he, oh, like, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. he's good Western
1: in. shit. Yeah. For yeah. sure.
0: But, like, I I just didn't know his name. I never knew his name. That's a good name, though, for a cowboy, actually, Slim Pickens. I like that. Yep. Good for him. Either way, his idiot friend doesn't notice him get fucking clobbered, though. So, it, like, that's the gag, basically. We cut, and now we get to meet Hedley Lamar that everybody calls Hedy. And I'm going to call him Hedy for most of it. He's an idiot that thinks he's a genius. They're discussing plans <laughs> to move these yokels out of Rockridge. I and mean, he's talking to Slim Pickens, who's now got a, his head wrapped up. Like, as they're talking about their plan to, you know, put a railroad through the town, the plan is basically like, we're going to send a bunch of hooligans through to, like, rape and pillage the town. And everybody's excited about this plan because they're Western scumbag villains. It's Yeah, because
1: just... that's what they do is they rape and beat people up and shit. Lots of rape jokes in this fucking yeah, there's, movie. There's a lot of everything jokes in this yeah, movie. There is. So, like, true. <laughs> like,
0: they're not really like, pulling any punches at all Uh, he got a lot he got a lot of shit for this like like he took a lot of shit for this movie because it was like like even then
1: also was like fucking critically acclaimed too so not initially it was pretty
0: lukewarm that first weekend and people have warmed up to it since then because it made a billion fucking dollars because it's like (laughs) the funniest movie ever made or whatever (laughs) either way they're talking about getting these people out of rock ridge and he's like my favorite like mel brooks side gags where, like, he goes off to Boris the Executioner and he's hanging, like, a dude in a wheelchair. And a he's, horse.
1: He's hanging a guy on a horse. <laughs> he's hanging a guy and the fucking horse at the and same the time. At the, like, at the same <laughs> time. And he's making noise, and, like, he's going out and yelling at him for making too much noise as the horse is
0: dang. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. Mel Brooks, you're a goddamn monster, and I love you. <laughs> just the best. And, of course, Boris is doing, like, the Igor thing from Young Frankenstein. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's, ah. Frankenstein! I'll have to do that one at Halloween or something like that. Just oh,
1: that'd be, Yeah, it'd be a fun one for Halloween for sure. Just have you seen that fucking... one? Who's oh, seen yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was going to say. Putting on the ritz.
0: I was going to say, I've got to find another fucking co-host. Have you haven't seen Young Frankenstein.
1: No, I, I own Young Frankenstein.
0: Fair enough. It's bad enough you tell me you haven't seen fucking Blazing Saddles. I was like, wait, I did a podcast <laughs> with you for five years? And you don't see playing the fucking saddles? I no, failed my, you. My Mel said, Brooks Whoa.
1: wheelhouse my Mel Brooks wheelhouse is very much young Frankenstein space balls and like that's I think yeah, that's almost it. I well I've I've seen You've seen Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I've seen Robin know. Hood, Men in Tights, and I've seen a stage version of the producers. Okay. Have you seen Dracula Dead and Loving It? No, I don't think so.
0: Oh. It's, it's that one's pretty bad but like it's it's fun to watch if you're you know inebriated like very <laughs> inebriated uh either way um they discuss putting bart who he's now who's been ordered like to be executed now uh it'll happen the, monday at the earliest according to boris who is backed up
1: yeah he's got, executing he's got a people. real he's just, full schedule got a real full fucking schedule i love God,
0: i fucking love that shit so Dance much
1: cards totally full
0: it's such a cartoon nonsense thing, but I'm just like I love it so much, <laughs> so good. Uh, so we go to Rock Ridge and we watch it get attacked as a song is playing in the background. Um, everyone in Rock Ridge is named Johnson, so it's there's some it's cousins just kissing, inbred
1: fucking ass Western. Yeah, yeah there's some like cousins American kissing. In oh Rock yeah, this is Ridge. this is cousin fucker headquarters oh, right uh, here. Yeah,
0: right here. <laughs> Absolutely. So we end up in a town meeting uh, after the, the the first attack. Uh, where the preacher wants to cut and run really quick and the minor a minor swears in random minor gibberish and then somebody else says that they're gonna get the governor to send them a new sheriff because none of them Howard johnson
1: stands up at some point that's just a fucking running gag gag
0: where they yeah everybody's howard johnson or somebody's johnson johnson Cause they make a Johnson and Johnson joke later on where somebody's like Johnson and Johnson over there. Like, <laughs> I don't remember what the joke is anymore, but it's Johnson and Johnson. Like, oh God. It just does it all. It doesn't even like, Oh, it it, it sticks to the wall. So leave it up. Fine. fine <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, we're t- a couple dudes. And they decide they're going to do the sheriff. Uh, they're promptly blown up. Also, basically somebody <laughs> throws dynamite into the, it's like, it's Looney tunes, right? Yeah. So, Somebody throws dynamite into the window of the church and it <laughs> gets blown up. And that's the end of the scene. Cause how else see it. The seat. Dynamite <laughs> in the middle of the room. Headley gets the governor. And this right here is the best shit. Um, this is my favorite Mel, Bro- Mel Brooks cameo self insert out of all of his movies.
1: Oh yeah. The governor.
0: This is my favorite role. Mel Brooks. I plays. I, 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 movies. I, I
1: still think I kind of like yogurt a little bit. No, no yogurts. Yogurts too
0: on the nose. This is, <laughs> this is the best like oh i love every bit it's of this totally one. like
1: idiot bumbling like and i love that mel brooks is just totally like yeah i'll play a fucking absolute moron give it to me but the physical comedy where he can't even get in the chair and shit like he can't yeah. put the, everything just he can't i can't do the paddle ball oh <laughs> yeah. god i love and it he's head, so Headley can just do it like no yeah <laughs>
0: Either way, so Headley gets Governor Mel Brooks to, uh, what is he talking about? He's just so fucking funny. I kind of
1: forgot what he was talking he gets, about. He gets her. him to sign, oh, off. to sign a
0: whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah, he signs the stuff that kind of put his plan into motion. He's he's just staring at his secretary's boobs, as we all are. Oh,
1: she's a fucking smoke show. Oh, oh my, my shit.
0: I didn't, like, uh, later, when she opens the drape up, and like they give you, there's a clear shot of her. She may be the most beautiful girl I've ever seen.
1: And you're talking like my Mon- like Monty Python. Like they did that same fucking thing all the time, right? Oh my like god, yeah, absolutely. Woman kind of thing that's just absolutely just, just there for gags, sort of thing. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well if you can, why would you not? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, as long as everybody's consenting,
0: everybody's having okay. a good time. She seemed to be having, or at least you know, she was there. She, I mean, yeah, at the very least, she is getting paid, right? You know. <laughs> We're pro-sex work on this show, right? Is that what's happening here? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Either way, Headley decides to send a person. Well, because at this point is where the governor gets the wire about Rockridge wanting a sheriff. So the governor orders someone sent. Headley decides to take advantage of this situation and send a person. Then he breaks the wall directly for the first time in this movie, which like, we're like five minutes into this flick. And yeah. he's talking to the fucking audience now. So, like, <laughs> we're on it. Yeah, so he decides to send a person and breaks the fourth wall, asking why he's even bothering asking us, because why would he? He decides to send Bart, since the white, God fearing folk of Rockridge, as they will self identify momentarily, would never accept a black man as their sheriff. No. So Bart and Headley meet the governor, which is like, <laughs> what do you fucking say about that, <laughs> that scene? That scene is just fucking outstanding. <laughs> like,. <laughs>
1: That, that and the next one and the fucking and Bart riding into town riding is into just town. fucking fantastic like, but like Mel Brooks grabbing him and walking him over
0: and halfway saying yeah. the Edward, and then looking over like, oh god wrong, yeah
1: wrong guy he's fucking he's so fucking
0: good I love Mel
1: Brooks so fucking much
0: yeah. so that yeah so Bart gets sent even though like the governor's basically told him he's gonna get shot like five seconds after getting into town
1: well Bart, is that or the fucking hangman's news so. So he's like yeah. fuck
0: it I may as well give it a shot I don't even know yeah. why he went to town i would have just fucking disappeared at that point <laughs> you gave me a horse and let
1: me go Yeah, exactly. Right. bye later either way so hadley tells.
0: yeah basically he convinces the governor to do this by telling him he could be president and yeah he's
1: trying to trying to frame it as like a, a very progressive move and shit thing, like that yeah. which is, oh god it's so fucking good oh, which, so I mean, that, that fucking works today, too, It's is fucking funny. The best part is, like, he doesn't
0: even really make a decision. He basically just, like, decides to go, like, let it happen because he wants to get laid. Like, his like, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. He's like, red yeah, I gotta, I gotta
1: has, get my fucking dick
0: wet. Has come out and been like, will you come sleep with me? And he's like, well, fuck this. I don't give a shit about any of this anymore. <laughs> exactly. let him go. She wants, yeah, like, all right, cool. Uh, so, yeah, we go right into, like, the fucking, like, literally the centerpiece of this movie, which is Bart being introduced to the townsfolk properly (laughs) just just like it's gag after fucking gag this whole sequence yeah he walks by like oh so we'll just start first of all burke's tracksuit like that velour tracksuit he's wearing (laughs) it's the dopest shit i've fucking ever seen i love that that do you ever feel like that shot of him like especially as he rides by like the count bassy bland basie Basie. Jesus Christ! What's wrong with my mouth? I, I was trying to say Bas- Blassie. <laughs> Count Basie band on his way into town, and
1: I had to look that up. I was like, "Wait, there's... no, that's actually fucking Count Basie." <laughs> yeah, it's
0: Count Basie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, it's for Mel Brooks. Of course, he can get he can get over yeah, he wants. True, yeah. right? So, he, but like, that, <laughs> does it remind you of Django Unchained?
1: Oh yeah, totally. The, the, a lot of shit in this movie reminded me of Django Unchained for it's sure. This is like, like, Tarantino just made a serious. Fucking version of fucking blazing saddles yeah <laughs> right down with the anachronistic music and the like fucking over the top like villains and everything oh my and, god i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it when i realized it last night i was like wait tarantino just ripped off mel brooks <laughs> like, absolutely 100 so,
0: percent. oh either way it's fucking genius
1: both the, are the, fucking the great, ridiculous so. fucking outfit and everything oh and, it's a velour fucking like western track like leisure suit. The like unnaturally good fucking white gunman and shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely, right? That I mean, yeah, it really is, right? You just like put christoph Waltz in Gene Wilder's role.
1: <laughs> exactly. Made it like made it, like slightly less comedic.
0: It's like, hey, you're like eighty percent as charming as Gene Wilder because nobody's as
1: fucking charming
0: as Gene <laughs> yeah, Wilder yeah. is. So Christoph like,
1: Waltz is fucking close though.
0: It's close. Like that's why I said eighty percent, because nobody yeah. really gets there, but like Christoph Waltz is about as close as we got these
1: days either way. I was so glad when they gave that. We should we should do We we'll have to Tarantino.
0: We should just we should just do them straight through the do a series do Batman or movies, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Cuz like they are all movies that I will talk about for fucking hours. I was just I was
1: so glad that Tarantino gave the chance, gave Christoph Waltz a chance to do like a heroic role cuz he'd just been doing like all those villainous roles. Anyways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um either way, so like Bart <laughs> so we're riding to the town with Bart and <laughs> Every chance we get to make some kind of racial slur of a black people, we're going to take in the next two minutes. Not us, personally, like the movie is. So he, as he's riding into town, the old minor guy's up on the roof, and he's yelling down, that, like, it's actually, the you know, coot. The, en- yeah, <laughs> the old coot's yelling that it's actually an N-word, and he's getting blocked by the bell. And everybody's really excited for the new sheriff to show up until they all see him, and then everybody goes dead quiet. And, you know, and then everybody Bart, pulls their fucking guns off. So, but the best part is Bart walks up, so confident, right? <laughs> pulls the sign back down, goes up, starts to read this thing, realizes that everybody in town is cocking guns as he's reading it. And then, like, just, this is where you're like, this is it. Like, you're either in or out on this yeah. movie. This is the buy-in moment. Yeah, this is the buy-in moment. Bart takes himself hostage. <laughs> and it fucking works and the
1: idiot white people are like oh my god what's happening
0: absolutely <laughs> and it may be the funniest fucking scene in comedy history except there's a bunch of gene wilder shit that's coming up that's fucking so <laughs> that's funny up that almost kills me yeah. but it's just hilarious if you're into this kind of slapsticky like mel brooks nonsense and yeah this is basically the level the rest of the movie operates on complete <laughs> and utter insanity from here on yeah, and we're done with setup
1: now, now yeah it's setup's just all, done now we're just now it's all fucking payoff from yeah, here on it's out.
0: it's basically all punchline from like here to the end of the movie so yeah this is like one good joke after that well first we gotta meet jim we're getting there though yeah so there is a quick scene where like yeah so he gets into the sheriff's office and says to the basically fucking just talks to the camera at this point it's like these are the stupidest motherfuckers i've ever met and he's right <laughs> He's absolutely right. We cut quickly to the townsfolk, who are have the schoolmarm scream the letter that she's written for the governor <laughs> at the crowd, and like that's just a classic bit of the quiet, mousy lady who screams with the most authoritative voice ever. Yeah. I'm sure Monty Python's done this joke, also. Everybody's done this joke, but now we finally get to meet the goddamn Waco Kid. Gene Wilder is in the building. He asks up the like the best line. Well, my name is Jim most people call me Jim (laughs) like every dot, every every line of dialogue between these two is fucking comedy magic. Like every single one of them is fantastic. It's just
1: the delivery is just pitch fucking perfect.
0: Well, Gene Wilder is a master, right? Like that's what
1: he's good at. And like his timing is just impeccable.
0: And like Cleavon little gives good facial like reactions and stuff to the shit. So like when Gene Wilder says something, Cleavon is reacting to it and vice versa and oh, it's so good starts sucking back iced tea that we're supposed to believe is whiskey and stuff
1: like that <laughs> <laughs> nah totally
0: whiskey totally whiskey either way gene wilder's the funniest motherfucker ever we really don't get a chance to talk about like we've never really had would have had a chance to talk about gene wilder before because we don't well, do we comedies ever...
1: yeah we could like, we could do like the og fucking willy Wonka at some point because that's like just idea. came out in 4k yeah yeah the,
0: the blu-ray just came out i saw it on walmart
1: that's a fucking classic sometime we're when we're feeling for like a you know childhood comfort food kind of movie
0: so that's funny because I don't have any nostalgia for that movie whatsoever oh, like I, I totally I, do the, what I have nostalgia for is Gene Wilder in that role being terrifying which I love like he's yeah. so creepy in that fucking role and it's yeah. like I just yeah I'm a big Gene Wilder fan just in case we're not clear on that <laughs> since I've been blowing him since the start of the episode so anyway and like the the next line where he's like what would you like to do, Jim? Like, you're my guest. And he's like, well, I can play chess or screw. And, like, the reaction Cleavon Little gives him, no, perfect. So we cut right to them playing chess afterwards because <laughs> they're not going to screw, apparently. <laughs> Although with the chemistry they have on screen, they may as well because it's, it's borderline there for a couple shots. <laughs> so Jim gets beat at chess. I just like calling him Jim because I feel like I'm his friend, you know, and that's what his friends call him. So...
1: Well he's not really the Waco kid anymore. Not he doesn't anymore. feel like he's the Waco kid so, anymore. So either way, he gets beat at chest and he tells his origin
0: story, which is hilarious because basically he became like he decided to start drinking after years of murdering men who he outdrew, a kid shot him in the ass. And I just depressed <laughs> him so his, much.
1: Lost his gumption.
0: He lost his touch at that point and just decided to drink himself to death. Uh, which he's actively trying to do as the movie starts, Or as we kinda get to know him here. What's next? Oh, we find out now Bart's origin story about the Sioux Nation attacking his caravan or whatever, um, and they get let like, oh, go because like all this shit is so racist, it's fucking insane. Mel Brooks plays a an Indian Yiddish chief.
1: Speaking, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I don't know how to even say that properly because like it's basically a Hollywood Indian chief. Fuck a, me, I don't know. And it's Mel Brooks doing it in a Yiddish accent, so like it's all subversion, but it still feels awful. Yeah, and I'm like. I love you, Mel Brooks, because you're the only person who could do this properly. <laughs> the only person who can get away with it is Mel Brooks, basically. So, God bless. <laughs> they were basically let go by the you because they're darker than the natives, and it's fucking offensive. But either way, you know, <laughs> move away because Jim has already fallen asleep by this story, and we cut to uh, apparently he doesn't. He doesn't fucking eat anything
1: but alcohol, so he should
0: be asleep a lot. Yeah. We then cut to the first scene of people farting in Hollywood history. That is it, a really? Motion picture. Yeah, this is the first.
1: And what a and Jesus that's a lot of fucking farting it too. Is.
0: I I had to look it up cuz I remember hearing something about this but yeah it's absolutely the first time in a major motion picture that people are depicted farting that actively and loudly. So
1: Mel Brooks can go to his grave knowing that he introduced <laughs> flatulence to major motion pictures. I mean as a comedian what an accomplishment. As a comedian, should we not
0: all thank him? You know what this I mean. It's true. Like, yeah. how could we? Wouldn't even have modern cinema if he hadn't done this scene at this point. And
1: there's fucking dick jokes too. So, I mean,
0: <laughs> this is a good one. Later, uh, we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> so basically,
0: <laughs> either way, uh, we're introduced to Mongo in this scene as Slim Pickens, or is that his name? Did I get it right that time? There it is.
1: Well, that's yeah. I, mean, I
0: don't care. Whatever, Slim Pickens. Yeah, the
1: fucking the fucking idiot. Country boys don't really need names.
0: The actor's name is better than the character's name, so let's <laughs> this just go is with true. that, right? So Slim Pickens, you know, like shows up, tells the boys that they're disgusting. While well, does he say that he likes the smell? I can't remember anymore. It's, I've watched it twice, and I was baked for like most of it. So <laughs> we get to meet Mongo though now, which is fucking hilarious. So Mongo is this big monster who's going to go and like kill Bart now.
1: He's a football player, the dude that played him.
0: Yeah, the guy who played him was a football player. Uh, I'll look him up after him as we're talking about stuff later. Alex Karras. Alex Harris, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, Jim is asleep, and we cut to farting scene. so that introduces Mongo. Bart and Jim, the next morning, waking and bacon like fucking champions, those boys. Oh, yeah. You see them just <laughs> rolling one
1: right up as soon as they got up in the morning. I was like, these are my boys. Well, except Jim Jim doesn't seem to handle his wacky tobacco quite as well as Bart does. I love that fucking voice he does. That's J.J. Wilder. Like, yeah, That's the, the good the shit, the high, high pitch. The yeah. high pitch, like, two, he gets two words
0: of high pitch right after he takes it. <laughs> and it's just so fucking funny. He's trying to convince Bart to not go out into the town and, like, congregate with the townsfolk he doesn't think it's going to go well. Bart tells him the only way they're going to accept him is if they get used to him. It does not go as uh, the way he plans it. It goes exactly the way Jim says. And he walks out in the street. The first person he runs into basically tells him to shove it up his ass. And it's this little old bitty lady uh, who comes back like four times for running gags uh, throughout (laughs) the rest of the movie. And it like just hard cut to the best fucking comedy delivery in the history of film, where like it's a two shot and Cleavon Little staring directly at the camera and. Jim's whispering (laughs) in his ears just whispering in his fucking ear (laughs) that these are just simple folk who aren't going to accept it they're morons but I can't there's no way for me to do it with the proper delivery because i'm not gene fucking wilder they're the so, clay
1: of the american west oh fuck is so good like, they're morons, the morons. cleavon little like that's just the most he breaks he breaks hard that's him no, breaking, I, I, that is. has to be yeah exactly that, that has to be him being Probably like not. oh my god i cannot fucking straight <laughs> face. you imagine with gene wilder in gene your? wilder whispering fucking comedic <laughs> genius in your ear I'd be fucking dead after that. I mean, and that that, that like, line, like that's that's the line that I most fucking associate uh, with this movie. Like it's just it's absolute fucking genius, and it holds true. Maybe not for the American West, but like you could apply that to the American South to this fucking day.
0: You apply to America. Period to this day. Sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. American South, American fucking Midwest. Like any uh, you apply that to any fucking uh, red state to this. Oh, day. Gene Wilder, it's just that delivery that just. Dry. I really mean this, and I
0: fucking hate these people, morons, morons. (laughs) morons. You can hear the like derision in his voice when he says it. It's just, (laughs) it's so true. It's so true. Either way, uh, sorry. That's we just have to point out that that is so fucking funny. Like that scene is perfect and holds so well. And it's yeah. I mean. They really should have done more movies together, these two. Like, I don't think they did anything else, right? Like, Gene Wilder kind of worked with Richard Pryor for the majority of the 80s, but I don't think they, these two guys did Keep anything. Little, yeah, little. Little, yeah. Either way, we cut to Hetty again, I believe. Uh, oh, no, no, no. So we're at cartoon point now. So as like right after the joke, the earth shakes and Mongo comes into town, and we watch Mongo just make a fucking royal mess of the city. He's got all of the men in the city pinned behind the tavern piano.
1: The player piano, yeah. The
0: player piano in the tavern. And here's where like, yeah, where, where we do a Bugs Bunny riff. Bart realizes candy he can't, can't fucking take on Mongo one-on-one. <laughs> so candygram time. Uh, he walks in, candygram for Mongo. He invents uh, the he...
1: candygram in order to take yeah, In 1874,
0: Mongo. I think they say it is, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. A so, hundred
1: years before it was released.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, exactly, that's right. Because it is exactly 100 years before the it's 1974 release. Yep. Yeah. So he hands him a candy gram, and Mongo's an idiot, so he accepts it. He also doesn't know who he's in town to kill. Obviously, <laughs> like Bart walks out, and fucking Bugs Bunny puts his ears, like hands and fingers in mm-hmm. his ears as he walks out and around the corner. It's fucking perfect.
1: In a total like anachronistic costume, too, in
0: like a 50s UPS costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super great. Uh, Mongo gets at that point exploded. We cut again to Headley, who has, you know, realized that he can't do this physically. This guy's going to outsmart whoever it is, so now he's going to send somebody in to seduce him instead, <laughs> which goes just as well. We cut back to the sheriff's office. Uh, I'll actually do a what I want to point out that while he, we're in the bath with Hedy there and uh, Slim Pickens, he loses his ducky, and it's real uncomfortable for a minute as they're like touching around each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. Slim Pickens definitely tux, touches dong.
0: Yeah, it touches dick. So yeah. that's kind of interesting, you know. Either way, can't find this ducky. Poor ducky. I
1: don't know. I mean, Headley could be. Uh, you, you could read Headley as a fucking closeted gay man pretty easily. I think. Maybe he liked it. I don't know. He's always chasing.
0: He's chasing after Lily. We'll talk about her true, now, though.
1: True.
0: So either way, we go back to the sheriff's office where Mongo is like chained up. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, crucified, chained up the yeah, like, There's no you know. other word. They can't get him in anywhere else. It's fucking just comedy genius, I'm telling you. It's a good shit. The racist old lady from earlier has now baked a pie for yeah. Bart.
1: Sorry. Sorry about the up yours, yeah. word.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, like, completely. Like, just like
1: that, all is forgiven.
0: And everything's fine until she comes right back around and makes sure that he won't tell anybody in town that she talked to him. Yeah. Because that would be inappropriate. So just taking it right back immediately, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, one step forward, two steps back. So yep. great. Jim tells him to get dressed, stop being upset about the townsfolk because he's taking him to see Lily von Stupp tonight, and <laughs> it's going to be exciting. We cut to Hedley, who is in league with Lily von Stupp, and she—he's going to get her to seduce Bart. It does not go quite as planned, even though he is very, very into Lily himself
1: musical number with lily von stoop
0: and then oh yes yeah. yeah. so we cut to the we got a musical number with lily von stoop which is like it's funny it's madeline Kahn, who's you know she does every little bit of madeline Kahn bit that she's ever done and is yeah. uses it in this movie and it's perfect there's a note did you see the note about her getting cast I think no. it was in the commentary it might be in the a story in the commentary or i've read a, too many books about this movie or ed mel brooks period but i guess she went in and he the first thing he asked her is he like uh can i see your legs And she got really like no like that's inappropriate <laughs> and he's like listen i'm a happily married man but like i need to, you to be able to do this dietrich von somebody move like where like, yeah. you put your legs like your leg up on the thing and it needs to look that way right and she was like as long as you don't touch me and he's like i'm fine with that and so she yeah. did it that, that was it but like she, she immediately went right in was like keep your fucking hands off me he's back <laughs> yeah, exactly like, no, whoa, whoa this is for the movie all right like <laughs> i don't know whatever either way so yeah as her show goes on she sees bart and sends him a note she meets him and like I could, he goes stage to meet her it's super questionable like every joke in here is about black men's dicks and stuff like that and yeah they talk about schnitzel a lot. Schnitzel gruben. Schnitzel gruben. What's his name? Uh, at one point, pops his head in, desperately wanting to touch Lily. Uh, Heady pops yeah, his head in, trying to, to get touch, a squeeze. Trying to get a squeeze. It doesn't work. She goes back to Bart in the dark, which is just—it's hilarious. It's all comedy shit at this point, and uh, they sleep together. After she touches his thing and says how huge it is, there's a fucking cut line there though. Apparently, where he actually replies like, you're actually you're sucking my arm, and that's what she's he's supposed to be he's supposed to say after that, but they cut that line. <laughs>
1: I felt like there was. I felt like there was a gag in there that was missing. Well, yeah. There's a reason we like,
0: go in the dark. There's no. There's no payoff to the. Lights yeah. There's going no. Off, yeah. Right? There's and no payoff to bumping it. off. Yeah. Like yeah, or bumping yeah, into yeah. that thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that the, the payoff was supposed to be him having this little line, but it got cut because I think more because at that point Mel Brooks realized people would be really upset at the implication, he was like, <laughs> "I'll just look <leave> that <laughs> way," which is great. So yeah, we cut basically to the next scene where like she's already in love with him. Right? Like, she's... Because she slept with his, you know, I mean, it's... Giant uh,
1: Monster Dong,
0: Giant uh, Monster Dong, apparently, yeah. So she's like... It's Johnson.
1: <laughs> everybody in the city Johnson.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. This movie is just... It's all over the place. Yeah, so they bone, and she falls in love with them. Like So later, she won't even, like, turn on him f- too heady at the end of this, which is just hilarious. Like, he just wins everybody over. Even Mongo. Like, we cut back to the city part of the town and he's like mongo's just like spilling the fucking beans of the whole plan as yeah. well as mongo can
1: well yeah mongo's all like impressed that he bested him in battle basically yeah exactly so he has he has respect re- for her
0: yeah. there is a good bit where like bert walks in like fuck spent and like lays down on the fucking desk and he Jim are just like having a little back and forth which at any time those two guys are just like having like bullshitting each other i'm like this is the fucking best part of this movie is these two just like running game basically. So they figure out the plan and they, they go to the railroad, I think immediately is this where they go to the railroad. So Mongo kind of tells him what's up with Headley and Bart decides to go check something out at the railroad. Um, We talked to the guy from the beginning of the movie who may or may not be Bart's brother. Yeah the fuck what, from the beginning of the movie also reappears with his boys like the guy who started singing again uh, they draw down on the sheriff but Jim outdraws six men and shoots their guns out of their hands
1: without even <laughs> without even don't moving even see him
0: pulling his well, gun that's the best part of like the speed gag is it like yeah. every whatever
1: happens you never it never picks up on camera like that's the
0: joke you never
1: like, see an actual gun in, yeah. in jim's it's hand. hands yeah. like the
0: entire movie but he's yeah. like just outdrawing everybody it's, <laughs> it's just perfect you know it's perfect so either way they draw down on the sheriff and yeah, so he's gotten whatever Hetty like gets dipshit to recruit an army of hooligans. Now, basically the movie completely falls apart at this point. Like it turns to a complete, oh,
1: yeah, like it's a meta fuck.
0: Yeah. Basically it's basically, and that's what I wrote it was like, this is like meta Tom fuckery out the ass now. So like, yeah. here we go.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Hedley gets dipshit to recruit an army of hooligans that include, like, bikers and Nazis and KKK Klansmen guys. And, like, and yeah. It's nuts. This is the funniest shit. It's so anachronistic and stuff. Like, there's guys on motorcycles or, like, half motors. I don't even know what's going on anymore. It's all comedy bits at this point.
1: Motorcycle handles that are attached to their crotches.
0: Yeah, it's... And they're Asian guys? The one guy's supposed to be Asian or something like that? Like, oh my god. So weird. <laughs> so, they get around... So, they go i love this fucking sequence we just got to talk about this real quick but jim and bart go and find out what the plan is and they get in line with the recruitment like for Hetty's recruitment
1: after they mug the Klansman, well they, they go and steal the Klansman's outfit right <laughs> they watch
0: Hetty shoot a guy for not having enough gum for the entire line which is actually pretty fucking funny also and then yeah so they get in line as clansmen and they walk up and bart without thinking like goes to right but his hands are black and they, they kind of get found out they yeah. still they, like, it doesn't matter at all because they just escape like nothing happens like it's yeah, just, you just so they can out. have this scene in there that was hilarious and then like keep going with the movie basically they were like we got to get him in a fucking kkk thing we got a joke we wanted to and yeah, that's exactly. like that's got to be it i don't know what else they do either way so jim and bart know that like what the plan is so they make another plan to set up a decoy town three miles <laughs> east and I'm like, I feel like I've seen this in an episode of Transformers also, for some <laughs> reason. It's just like pop culture eating itself, like its own oh, tail, yeah, so- Right? So Bart and Jim get the railroad gang to get all the tools and equipment needed to help the townsfolk build a mock town. By doing this, they agree that the railroad gang can have a plot of land to farm, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they, they begrudgingly do it for the most part, but like they do it anyway.
1: But everybody except the Irish, they agree,
0: to it oh, they agree to. Yeah, they don't agree with the Irish, which <laughs> yeah, to be fair, will. I concur with.
1: <laughs> Keep the Irish
0: out. <laughs> I, don't fucking know. I think I am part Irish. I am definitely like a quarter Irish, so <laughs> ignore me.
1: I just appreciate that they shone a light on the fact that, like, yeah, Americans used to be real fucking racist towards Irish people, too.
0: Italians, too. I mean, you still get it up here a little bit. So, like, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Either way. So they get that railroad gang to help them build the decoy town. Headley makes his goons pledge allegiance to him, which is just, like, l- like the most ludicrous scene. Like, it's complete nonsense, and it's hilarious. I can't remember that actor's name right now, but he's fucking fantastic
1: in that role. Drew Hedley? Yes. Harvey
0: Corman. There you go. Back in the town I realize they didn't build dummies for the decoy town, so to buy them some time, Bart erects a toll booth in the desert, which all (laughs) of the hooligans
1: fucking go through because I, can't, I couldn't possibly go around it because it's a fucking Mel Brooks movie.
0: It's a Mel Brooks movie. You have to go through the so, toll. The toll booth is there. You have to go through the toll booth, right? That's they said, that- "Yeah."
1: They so yeah. Tiger sends sends one of his men back for a shitload of dimes. <laughs>
0: it's fantastic, honestly. Either way, finally, all the guys get through, and they get into town. And just as they're about to realize that maybe it's all fake, Jim fires off a shot, and like the dynamite goes off, and they blow up half like the fake town with all the people in it. And then they rush. Everybody rushes in to beat them up. Everything just completely fucking falls apart at this point. I stopped even stopped writing fucking notes because I'm like, I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, it was just fucking bonkers. Lily like, stops
0: the Nazis uh, <laughs> by singing to them. The ensuing brawl spreads off the set of the movie and onto the Warner fucking back <laughs> oh, lot. Yeah. We can clearly see the Warner Water Tower in a shot as they pan off the set.
1: Yeah, and we then... end up
0: on a jokey C- Cecil B. DeMille set where like, he's bu- like
1: Busby Berkeley kind of thing. Yeah, but,
0: yeah, where he's yeah. like. Camp directing a group of top hat like synchronized dancers or whatever, and,
1: yeah. That's where we get the the Dom DeLuise cameo.
0: That's where your Dom DeLuise cameo is, which is obviously like it's hysterical because he immediately gets owned, cell phones yeah. himself. <laughs> this
1: is the only part where I was like,
0: okay, this the the depiction of the gay men. Yeah, was it's like, a lot. Oh, right, that's a lot. A lot. <laughs> Very stereotypical camp gay guys at this point, which is a little bit much. This is the only thing where I was like, ooh. Everything else, I was like, yeah. Pretty accurate to America, so I'm like a fine with it. Either way, <laughs> everybody's just fucking brawling at this point. Uh Hetty and Bart kind of break away from the group with Jim. Uh Hetty escapes to out into the street of Hollywood where he goes into a movie theater that is playing Blazing Saddles, which doesn't make any sense. Grumman's Chinese theater. Yeah, he, well, yeah, obviously he's going there. He's going to the theater that is playing Blazing Saddles, which is a movie he's currently shooting. So, like, we're... Like, right <laughs> just outside total
1: meta-fucking yeah. meta-fuckery at this Everything's point. Everything's
0: completely messed up. So he walks in, gets Raisinette, sits down, watches the movie, realizes that Bart's outside the movie theater he just walked into, says, oh shit, gets up and walks <laughs> yeah. the fuck back out. I don't know why this gag's there, but it's fucking hilarious. He pretends that he doesn't have a gun so that Bart puts his gun down and then he shoots him. He fires out of that one shot Derringer 19 times in this movie. Did you notice <laughs> there's a scene earlier where he shoots with it like three times. That's a one shot. Like that's yeah. a one trick pony. That pistol either way. He misses Bart. Bart rolls out of the way and shoots him in the dick. I just want to make sure we point out right, right in the dick. He, he shoots him in the dick. Bart and Jim at that point, they decide to go inside and see how the fucking movie ends we we cut to them watching the movie and like we go into the and then they're back the in the movie. movie and it's then him giving a speech to the people of rock ridge telling them that they need to leave and I, it goes back to meta when they him and jim decide they're still gonna leave together and like there's no subtext to that whatsoever and they get on <laughs> horses and they ride out of town but then they get in a car and ride off into the sunset
1: <laughs> yeah, only to get picked up by their driver and literally drive off into the sunset
0: together. Yeah, and they literally drive off into the sunset together. That's the end of blazing saddles while the animal
1: end. handler takes their horses. away.
0: Yeah. Just like at that point, everybody's in the movie. <laughs> You're lucky. Like the fucking best boy doesn't have a speaking line. Cause <laughs> yeah. everybody who was on this movie probably was in this movie at some point. <laughs> So, that's Blazing Saddles in a nutshell, so... Knowing
1: Mel Brooks, he'd probably fucking, like, cast a whole, like, shadow crew to be in the fucking movie. Probably. I mean,
0: (laughs) he could get away with it. I don't know how much this movie cost, but it was probably not, like, cheap. He did, like, big movies, so...
1: Uh, Alright, so... Elephant in the Room. Yeah, this movie has a whole lot of fucking racial slurs and shit in it. But... It's probably a realistic depiction given the period that is being depicted.
0: Yeah, that's basically kind of where I sit with it. Also like it's all satire. Like exactly. Every-
1: it's 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 almost exclusively used for the purpose of satire and commentary and to highlight there's the fucking rampant bigotry and racism in America's history and American probably period. also, yeah, American present day at the time and present day now definitely present time now so So like given everything i've heard about this movie over the years it definitely was not as bad as i was expecting it to be in that respect
0: so can i ask a question then what did you expect like what was what were you thinking i was was
1: expecting it just to be a lot more gratuitous and not necessarily you know to shine a light on some fucking, like, crazy, like, some bigotry or shit like that. Like, I wasn't expecting it necessarily to be... I mean, it, this is a pretty fucking progressive movie for 1974.
0: Yeah, directed by a Jewish man. Yeah. Of course. Like, so. yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks, <laughs> Brooks is like, a... I know. You know he's, he, yeah, he's, like, a I don't know. He's a longtime show business, but he's also
1: a, an older Jewish guy. Yeah, and I mean, to this day, he's he's you know known as like a uh, you and know, a like Democratic supporter, and yeah, absolutely yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it wasn't just like that sort of shit wasn't just being used for shock value kind of no. thing. No, no, he it definitely was, had like there was a point to all. There was of it. a couple. There were a couple that I was like, oh my god, that was over the line. We'll but
0: it's also thing. like 1973, where like you got to kind of like look at it in the context, like as liberal as we are. You and I right now in 30 yeah. years, people will listen to us and be like, holy fuck, listen to those two bigots. You know what I mean? Like that is always <laughs> going to happen as time continues to like progress.
1: And with so, comedy more than everything, like we've absolutely. talked the multiple times before about, you know, comedy being the most perishable genre overall. And th- so much of this humor is absurdist that a lot of it holds up because it's not necessarily tied to a social more or something like that. But there is def- some of that.
0: Well, yeah, like, because it goes back to westerns, and like they don't do any top- like. There's not. There's some topical humor, obviously. Like there's some jokes in there that, like, even to this day, I'm like, I'm- I know that's a reference to pop reference. culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, same. I don't get it. But there's not enough of them in there to ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. So like, the only ones that are in there are broad enough that like, it's just to make you realize that it's an anachronistic, basically. Like that's what yeah. he wants you to do. He's making pop culture references, so you're taken out of oh, this isn't a Western. This is a fucking Mel Brooks comedy with Western shit taped on top of it. And that's basically what it is. So
1: yeah. But the other side of that that I found myself thinking about, like was going back and forth in my head, like, is it exploitative because it's a white man directing a movie about black slavery? Like, but then on the flip side of that, could this movie have even gotten made and got the attention and publicity that it did in the mid seventies if it was made by, by a black director? Probably not. So I would, I would, I would have never
0: even gotten made if it was yeah. a black director in 1973 or whatever 70, Why? Yeah, 73 produced, right?
1: And you look at it, and like virtually all of the white characters are portrayed as like bumbling idiots, assholes, fucking racists, and like straight up inbred fools. Yep. yep. So like, you know, you can't be that fucking mad at it in that case. And Richard Pryor was in the writers' room for at least the first draft. He was supposed to play Bart. Yeah. But the studio wouldn't let him because he uh, just kept getting put in jail for drug charges and shit.
0: Yeah, they couldn't. He uh, Robert Downey Jr. himself before Robert Downey Jr. He was uninsurable <laughs> yeah. uh, because of drug use, which yeah. is too bad. I don't think he would have been great here. I think like Clavon I, Little is like, kind of who needed to be in that role.
1: I think but, it would have been different. I don't know if it yeah. would have been better or worse. Necessarily. Well, see,
0: but is, He has such good chemistry with Gene Wilder as proven by the 48 movies yeah. that they made together in the 80s that like I probably would have been completely passable. And this would have been the first one they did together because it was supposed to be the first one they ended up doing together. Uh, they ended up working together like a number of times. You can go watch all those movies. They're all they all I mean a lot of them have aged worse than this one, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <Sure. laughs> there's that. Yeah. This is the best example of that, and it's not as new an aperture prior in it, so oh, there you go.
1: But all that aside, you know, potential controversy or whatever aside, like this is just this is a fucking comedy classic. There's no fucking no doubt about it. Like you I'm glad you liked it. it. I
0: wasn't sure I wasn't sure what your take on it would be, because like, yeah, it is pretty like
1: what's well, one of those ones you can look back on and be like i can see where this influenced so many future works that i appreciate now kind of thing yeah. Like we were talking about you know the the juxtaposition of like modern music the, the purpose for the anachronistic stuff infusing that into a period piece like yeah it definitely reminded me of django and Chain, and to a certain extent also marie antoinette with the music side of things
0: oh the one with kirsten dunst
1: yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, exactly. The Sofia Coppola Marie Antoinette and also Inglorious Bastards as well.
0: Yes, well, I mean yeah, all that stuff's gonna have whatever. <laughs> the Tarantino thing That's that weird.
1: weird. Yeah, that, well, that, just, that, like, yeah. yeah.
0: I couldn't believe it when I was watching it again. It's been a while I was thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about Tarantino while I was watching it, but it like, just kept popping into my head. I'm like, man, every beat in this movie is the same beat from fucking Django. Did You just like
1: yeah.
0: watch Blazing Saddle Stone and was like, I'm gonna make a serious version of this mm-hmm. and like I swear to God, that's what it feels like. You I know, mean, like, I can do this and make it serious, and I'd still have a really hammy performance in the middle of it, right? Because he still got that like mm-hmm. the Leo performance in there. who's just like candy, yeah, chopping, chomping, yeah. chomping the scenery. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? you want to cop- talk about this cast because, like, hot,
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, shit. yeah, fucking fantastic, Cleavon. Little puts in a fucking fantastic comedic performance. I did look back as like I wasn't really familiar with him, but this basically seems to have been kind of the pinnacle of his yeah. of his career. You know, he everything he kind of did after this was sort of less you know lower profile kind of thing. Like he did
0: was he a stand up going going into this or something like
1: that? Or I think he was a stand-up? stage actor actually oh, okay, before this. Enough. Yeah, he made it. He started in off Broadway shows. Okay. Uh, in New York. Yeah.
0: Either way, like he he owns this role. Like I can't picture this movie with anybody else in it because like his reactions color everything that happens. Like once you're introduced to Bart, like he's your character throughout the rest of the movie, and Cleon Little just fucking crushes it. Like oh, he's yeah. so he, funny,
1: he, he's so empathetic. Like you're you're rooting for him the whole like the from the fucking minute you meet him. You know, yeah. and I mean it's also written that way too. Like it's written obviously really well yeah. to to frame him as that that you know fucking hero character. Yeah. Uh, underdog character and
0: he has excellent like repartee like he's got good chemistry with like everybody he shares the screen with which i think is the most important part of like this kind Mm -hmm. of ensemble comedy is like your lead has to have a little bit of sizzle with everybody he's on camera with and he fucking pops with everybody i mean he pops a little bit more with gene wilder but like that's just because it's gene wilder
1: everybody yeah everybody everybody
0: kind of pops with Gene Wilder. So and then like yeah, we I mean we've talked about Gene Wilder ad nauseum, but just like the master comic timing. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't understand how else to explain it. Like his pause, like his like hanging pause is the perfect length yeah every time he does it. Like nobody is better at that like that than he is. Like he's <laughs> the fucking master of it. I don't know. So and like they use it I don't know I mean obviously He's just, he's well, always Brooks got that fucking it.
1: twinkle in his eyes, right? Like he can, it's he's just, always just so, yeah, exactly. He's just so mischievous on screen. And I mean, it's another mixture of a great performance with great writing and a great character itself, right? Like it's a fucking fantastic spoof on that, like hard drinking, fast handed gunman kind of trope, like yeah. literally so fast in this case that you don't ever fucking see him holding a gun in his hands.
0: Yeah. And yeah. like they introduce him with like ridiculous shaky hands, so yeah, like, exactly. off, yeah so. that's
1: that's not the hand I shoot with. Yeah, not the hand <laughs> I shoot with. But. Yeah, no, and and I mean, and the fact that they do get some actors that are you know better known for westerns, like that Slim Pickens, the other guy, which is the, like sort of his right hand man, Lyle Burton Gilliam, who I've also seen in other stuff too. He's super familiar. Yeah. yeah, that guy also is just, you know, just like that. That lends. A degree of legitimacy to this movie that you wouldn't necessarily get otherwise, and it helps helps to buy into the concept and everything. And yeah, Mel Brooks fucking phenomenal. I mean that bit, like the governor. Oh, I love that bit
0: yeah. as the governor. He is so fucking funny. That whole well, bit. it's the governor. So yeah,
1: I'll talk I mean about the, the yeah,
0: the chief, chief thing is, you know, <laughs> he owns it. What so I I don't know what else to say about it at this point. Yeah. Like he's like I did it. I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> like. Yeah. like even all of the uh, the the townspeople and shit like that, like even them are are all just fucking cast great. Like there's a couple of them that are recognizable as well. David William Huddleston, who is in like the Big Lebowski and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, there's people there that you're just like yeah, this person totally fucking fits in this western town kind of. A lot of
0: character actors and stuff that kind of like were like mid '70s or like late '60s, early '70s kind of western people that just kind of reappear in the background of this movie and stuff because they were just hanging around Hollywood still or whatever. So. Cast him in the background. Yeah. Like I'm sure I saw that minor guy in like fifteen thousand different shows, like NBC shows from the fifties or whatever. Yeah. He shows up in everything as a prospector. So
1: Yeah, and I I mean Madeline Kahn's fucking fantastic for the She's limited so screen time she gets. It's so fucking good. Like I love that that musical number is fucking fantastic. It's just such a good takeoff of, you know, like that. Scene that burlesky, you get in yeah. exactly that burlesque like western saloon kind of stage show sort of thing where, you know, it's supposed to be really sexy and sultry, but she's just like fucking I'm so fucking tired of this bullshit. Like fuck off guys. And they're still just like eating it up with a spoon.
0: Like she could barely sing to you, right? Like she's warbling at points and you're like, you're not even in key lady, but like nobody's all, it's
1: all She's all doing it on purpose though. Right. That's that's
0: what I mean. Like it's all comedy, right?
1: Yeah. Somebody as talented as Madeline Kahn is who you need to get somebody that can sell that. Right. Yeah. No, she's, I can't remember the last time that like I saw a movie that had a really well done comedic musical number. It's so fucking rare.
0: Like, how do you, how, where would you even find one of those? Exactly. A it just doesn't movie? happen anymore. Well, yeah. Cause Mel Brooks doesn't make movies anymore, Tim. I don't know. Well, what I mean, funny.
1: you know, <laughs> I, I guess in the, the uh... Tim, let the man fucking rest. <laughs> well, and especially in a non musical movie, like you could look at maybe at like the Les Miserables adaptation or something like that, that had uh, Sacha Sasha Baron Cohen and Helen yeah. Bottom Carter doing like master of the house kind of thing. But that's a fucking musical. Like. You you know, you expect there to be that in there, whereas like a, a comedy is just it's so hard. And I think part of that has just has been such a cultural shift in comedy anymore sort of thing. Like it's just comedy has to be it he can't get away with this kind of absurdist comedy anymore. No, no, cases. no, You wouldn't
0: be able to do. They can barely even get away with like scary movie anymore. Like they don't make that kind of shit. Yeah, just like, like
1: straight up hardcore satire. It just yeah, that doesn't, like, doesn't happen as often.
0: They don't do it anymore. Yeah, like I don't. What, what was what's the last time a comedy movie came out and was, it was a scary, scary movie
1: four or whatever that came out like a couple years ago?
0: In general, when was the last time a comedy movie went like Gangbusters and it wasn't like comedy movie by proxy of marvel you know what i mean like ant-man or something like that
1: well yeah well there are comedy movies but they're always like rom-coms and shit like that or they're like they're you know they're they just don't they're not satire right they're just like straight up like this is a movie where these are supposed to be like real people that get end up in a comedic scenario kind of thing
0: yeah that's what i mean but like they don't even make those any more like broad like the broad general they ones they used to make like a hangover but they don't even <laughs> make like a hangover yeah, yeah. right like they haven't made a hangover that was that the, the hangover is 10
1: years old now yeah and did you see the sequel super bad uh, bridesmaids or something like that or like or
0: yeah i'm oh, sorry yeah, i went even further back to super bad so there you go that's how lot of data i am yeah but yeah just like i haven't i haven't, I can't remember the last time i sat down i you know what never mind that fucking hitman's bodyguards something oh yeah to be. there you go <laughs> supposed to be a comedy action
1: action comedy
0: sure i guess it's just (laughs) sam jackson screaming at ryan reynolds for two hours it's
1: fine but yeah like the sort of concepts like the even just like the idea of this fucking western city where there's just fucking like little town where there's just fucking cows everywhere there's cows in the saloon there's cows in the town hall there's cows in the movie theater at the there's end cows of the movie, in the movie, movie know theater, it's yeah. so fucking <laughs> exactly. funny there's cows everywhere in this movie yeah just fucking all over the place like it's just it's mel brooks to a fucking t right like it's that great mel brooks mix of absurdist humor slapstick shock value straight up fucking toilet humor And then a healthy dose of like rye commentary in there for good measure.
0: Yeah, you got to get that like social commentary in there, like on top of all, like underneath all of that nonsense, there has to be like a a kernel of social commentary to Mel Brooks stuff. And
1: And again, you know, the only other comedy troupe that, that has accomplished that, but for a different nation is Monty Python.
0: There is a lot of similarities between Mel Brooks's like output and the way like they because he's even got like a production posse of like people like he used the Madeline Kahn a n- number of times Gene Wilder oh, yeah. comes back constantly like yeah. that kind of stuff so he has people he goes back to like he's got his little production group of people obviously his production team like the the court like the behind the camera team I think was the same for almost his entire career
1: yeah
0: so like
1: the the production value in general is high for a comedy i'll
0: say i mean it's high for a 70s comedy especially like it holds up yeah. pretty well considering like when it was shot like how it's only shot for 2.6 million dollars apparently and this i mean it's still 1973 money but that's still not a ton of money even back then right like yeah what, what else is the 1973 movie uh exorcist is actually 73 so there like, you go yeah i'm just trying to see like what the budget is on that in like comparison. You're looking
1: at the era that's of... 12
0: so that was 12 million dollars and it was also all that, Brothers, that movie. was
1: going into effects and shit right
0: yeah absolutely right so like this Practical movie doesn't have any...
1: effects and makeup and this movie is all
0: old style hollywood stuff right like they didn't have to this, they could pull all this western shit out of the vault, basically because these sets are all backlots that exist on the Warner lot probably to this day because they still shoot western shit out there for whatever reason and like all these sets exist and then like at the end you just Basically takes a crane and shoots the fucking top of the goddamn order for the studio. I know, and
1: that's so good. Like, well, and not just that, but it's clever writing to work an actual sound stage into the plot as a fake version of Rock Ridge. Like you can just imagine them like wrapping their heads around that in the writing room, right? Like, okay, we're gonna take the same set that we've been using for the whole fucking movie, we're gonna dress it up so it's really clearly fake now. Whereas previously we were trying to sell it off as real and we're going to do some establishing shots of it from the back. So you can see that it's clearly just facades and shit like that. And facades that never would have been built like that in fucking 1874. 1874, But who the fuck cares at this point, this movie's so off the goddamn rails that like, if you're bought in, you're bought in. If you're not, you're fucking not.
0: Well, you're baked off your ass and you're laughing your ass (laughs) off in the middle of a movie theater. So like, I hope you're bought in at this point. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, all that. Like, just, there's so many just amazing comedic beats. Like, yeah, Bart fucking taking himself hostage. Like, as soon as I got there, I was like, I'm so fucking sold here. Like, this... Works so well. I was wondering when you watched it because I
0: was waiting for the message because I was one like that's the buy-in moment for this movie. Yeah, it's absolutely. so absurd, and I was like, I was waiting for the message where he's like, where you were like, I'm not fucking doing this because mm-hmm. you got to that point. You were like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, I can't do it.
1: No, you remember how much I fucking love Monty Python. Like, come
0: on. Well, but I like. Well, I mean, yeah, I kind of remember like Monty Python <laughs> that you do like some ridiculous horse shit also. So,
1: and <laughs> Tim and Eric and shit just, like
0: that. Just even more. I mean, yeah. And, like to be fair, like Mel Brooks is pretty mild compared to some of the shit you like in terms of that kind of stuff so much so that I find it acceptable you know what I yeah. mean like this is where like like our senses of humor meet is Mel Puss. so it's gotta be it's gotta be have all that insane nonsense that Tim loves but it's gotta be a cranky Jewish man who's telling me the story basically also right? the point so.
1: just before our sen- our comedic sense diverge
0: yeah basically
1: <laughs> if you go any more off the rails than this then Mark's fucking out of it and I'm, still, I'm still there
0: yeah Tim's still out <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, like I, I, I mean, I, Did, I do, love it. I, I love, I love Dick and fart games. I'm
0: always, I'm always curious. No, do not to? yet. So it's one of those like, cause that's so mean, like mean spirited that I, am not sure if you'll like it. I, and like, I, don't I know. love
1: fucking. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that's true. Though, that like, no, but
0: like, I like always sunny also, and like Veep is like some of the shit they say to each other on Veep. I'm like, <laughs> like I've been offended by Veep on occasion. <laughs> Me. Nothing offends me, <laughs> like literally nothing. And there's shit that come out of people's mouths and deep that offends me. Either way, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. This movie, oh, it works for me so well. I love yeah. it. Um,
1: and what else? Like in terms of comedic moments that really got, like, what were your like laugh out loud moments? Like the Mongo straight up punching the horse, fucking got me for that, sure.
0: Ugh, every, anybody punching a horse, and especially because like <laughs> they got shit for it, right? Like they got shit
1: for animal abuse for that shot. Yeah, people were like, Max I punch the fucking horse? The horse knew to take a dive. I was going to say, it's clearly a fucking stunt horse that knows how to yeah, do it. Exactly. It's, it's
0: a trained horse. Those you people are fucking dumb as like... But then again, at the same time, people think
1: COVID injects 5G into you. Yeah, like, exactly. right now. Exactly. so People think that the government is trying to fucking get you to take a vaccine to kill you? To cause a great reset? Who the fuck knows anymore?
0: Shane Wilder explained it really well in this movie. They're
1: fucking morons. fucking morons. Yeah.
0: So like that. I, yeah. That's about it for me.
1: I straight up lost it when the uh, old lady shows up the, with the pie and straight oh god, up yeah, like, sorry, like fucking like, straight Tommy face Vick. says, "Yeah, like sorry about sorry about the up <laughs> yeah, yours." Yeah. Oh my like, god. Holy shit, lady! <laughs> this is so good.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, like his facial reaction. Like, if you want me laughing out loud, like the face he makes when she says that to him initially is what makes me laugh at that scene, because he fucking sells it perfectly, right? And then it's like the hard cut. The hard cut is what makes that whole scene perfect to mm-hmm. him just staring at the camera and Gene Wilder like crooning into his ear quietly. That's, I mean, you want to throw laugh out <laughs> loud moments. I laughed out loud. I knew that scene was coming. I've seen this movie 40 fucking times. I still laughed when he did that this time. <laughs> Cause it's fucking funny every time. Cause yeah. I don't, you never like, I've seen this movie a million times. I still don't know the timing of that morons. It feels random every time I watch it and it feels perfect every time I watch it. So like Gene Wilder, basically yeah. like it's, it's amazing. Like his whole introductory <laughs> scene makes me laugh out loud. Jim's. Yeah. Yeah. Like he falls off the thing. The guy's like, are we okay? <laughs> and he's and he's like, back. Yeah. Are we black? And he's like, yep. And he's like, well, we're awake very confused like all that whole thing like, <laughs> if somebody doesn't eat and drinks the way you're drinking he's gonna die and he's like when, when? Like, like every yeah. fucking line it's like comedy fucking gold right so yeah. Gene Wilder just like a monster in this movie kills me every time and like the <laughs> the cool like the shots after he does something spectacular where he looks even more lazy than usual like he really slouches during those yeah. scenes or he's like, I have no interest in doing this whatsoever, and they cut back. And he does whatever, like he shoots the guns out of the hands or whatever, like he grabs the thing and they cut back to him, and he's still just like,
1: oh like, Practically walk... like yawning kind of thing. like yeah. He looks like he's half dead.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, Gene Wilder just being on the screen makes me fucking laugh out loud in this. <laughs> Madeline Kahn, the one, bunches of that are, like like amuse me, her riff, but where she walks into the thing and says shit, like in the dark, she turns the lights off and then walks across the shit. big room and then boom, bound, and shit. I don't know why that just fucking killed me. Like, just made my, like, lop my ass off. She stays shit or she stays shysta? Oh, I can't remember anymore. I think she just said shit, but either way. Either way. It's either way, great. it's hilarious. Yeah. And then Mel Brooks, as the governor, like, yeah. When he, when he starts talking to his secretary's boobs, I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm done. I am fucking like hello boys how's it going and I oh no what is happening but I'm like 100% on board so
1: yeah the gag with him that really did for me was where he's uh the paddleboard gets Yeah the paddleboard the <laughs> paddleboard being defective and then <laughs> had picks one up and he's like work, so, works works it perfectly and he just grabs it in his hand he dives out of the fucking tackles him. It's so good yeah. uh yeah that like that whole bit well, and that, even that bit like itself like yeah the fact that they're going to like trade a box full of paddleboards for a bunch <laughs> <What>? of fucking <laughs> Like, had, indigenous like, land so is like jesus offensive. christ that's fucking so on the nose it's, but it's so true too you know yeah. what
0: i mean like they totally did shit like that And that's like how we're in the state that we're in now but either way but yeah oh the, the
1: the lineup of bad guys waiting to apply to ransack rock ridge just the whole concept that they would have like a fucking job fair yeah to- <laughs> To get the, that had a lineup full of fucking clan Nazis, members and Nazis, Nazis and are what get me like the yeah, and the fucking bikers me. and shit oh my god it's so good. <laughs> and the toll booth gag fucking got me too I was well, like the this is like gag
0: is just like hysterically funny on its yeah. own because it's like it, they sh- and especially they shoot it the establishing shot of the toll booth shows that there's nothing on either side of it clearly yeah, exactly right? like, and they
1: all just like ten there. feet wide. <laughs> You would think they put the fucking
0: wall that Trump wanted to put up, like along the Mexican border, up. (laughs) Yeah, the the Great Wall of China
1: fucking got put up in front of him. It's so fucking funny. It stretches as wide as the eye can see in every direction, but no, it's just these idiot fucking white folks that can't figure out that they can ride around it. Ride
0: around it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was another. There's a gag at the end, and it's the preacher. Oh, you know what it is? Jim's going to shoot the dynamite, and just as he takes aim, the preacher starts fucking going real loud. Like, please, God, guide his hand, blah blah blah, and like the two other two just start fucking wailing on him with their. Yeah, eyes. Shut up. the fuck up! Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know why that's a terrible old like old timey gag, and it still caught me and made me laugh. Yeah. It's probably because Gene
1: Wilder like the fucking look
0: on his face.
1: <laughs> and we didn't even we even really talk like about the the whole like commissary fight scene, like it's just <laughs> like a fucking band. absolute Mel Brooks chaos kind of oh thing. My God. Where, yeah, like it starts out in the the, the Berkeley like and then they end up in like the fucking like lot commissary where it's just like sped up footage fucking like food fight kind of thing yeah, just absolute well. bonkers like everybody's in costume for whatever production they've got going on that day and everything and it's just absolute fucking chaos and it's just so much it's that, that sort of it's just fucking fun to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like a big wide shot of like complete pandemonium happening is always yeah. like entertaining to watch. So Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. And again, it's, it's another one of those things that is just like a product of its time. Like you don't get that shit these days. Like you no. don't get one of those big fucking like, I guess what was the there was a movie that was like Office Christmas Party. I can, I can remember a scene in that movie that was like a similar level of chaos that was just like shit going wrong, fucking left and right. And the only reason I've seen this movie is because I think my sister played it for me like one year at Christmas kind of thing. But like, yeah, it's it's the sort of thing you just do not get these days it's just one of those scenes where just everything is fucking going insane in every corner of the frame. Right. Just fucking total, total overload.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that the whole end sequence. Cause it's just like a meta, like fuck fest yeah, yeah. basically. No, I, and like, at least they start cutting out to the movie I theater and stuff. That. I'm fucking dying. She like, stops to get raising. you fucking putts. This is so great. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. it's, so great. And, and it's, it's one of those things too. Like I can't, you know, I, I'm not a massive like film historian or anything, but like, I can't remember off the top of my head, any movie before this, that was like a big fucking big, you know, big studio release kind of movie that had a scene that was that fucking meta. Like, you know, that was that much like folding in on itself. Kind of thing.
0: Mel Brooks invented that shit. And that's like, why? That well, mean, no, I not really, but like Mel Brooks. I can.
1: Cause the fucking Monty Python and the Holy grail, which just ends with the cop showing up yeah. and treating the whole thing like a fucking reenactment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, feel like was- that's maybe a couple Monty Python, and the Holy grail, I think is like 71 or something like that.
0: Oh, it's entirely right? possible uh i don't remember anymore i'm not as big a python boy as you are so
1: oh no 75 a year after this so they fucking stole it from mel brooks how does that make you feel tim (laughs) no i feel like they're i feel like they probably were filming it when (laughs) this movie came out kind of thing but contemporary but yeah so like again monty python fucking and mel brooks just feeding off each other with slightly different slightly different takes on the same shit
0: yeah, exactly. Like, it's, they they get, both put their own flavor on it, right? Like, yeah. they, like to the point where, like, they're almost trying to do the same stuff in spots. And, like, I will not accept the Monty Python version sometimes. And I'll sit here and watch, like, every Mel Brooks movie over and over again. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's really weird, right? Like, it depends on whatever. I mean, Mel Brooks, I guess he kind of got me young because he did get smart, right? Like that's the invented Get Smart, and that shit
1: was like on fucking repeat on YTV when we were kids. So
0: ostensibly, he created Inspector Gadget kind of by proxy. So like, he like we've been watching Mel Brooks stuff since we were (laughs) kids. You know what I mean? Like, because that like the Get Smart show and like that character and the voice, the guy whose name I cannot remember, but like he's also the voice of Inspector Gadget. And like, I think that was because of Get Smart, and it was based on it. So I don't know. Either way,
1: either way. I mean, well, it was created by Mel Brooks. Was um, it? Yeah, yeah. Get Smart was created by.
0: <laughs> oh no, I know Get Smart was, but not Inspector Gadget. That's what I was trying to figure oh, out. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if, no, no. if he still had something to do with it by that point. Don Adams. Don Adams yeah.
1: was the yeah guy that went on yeah that played oh. Agent eighty six and then went on to play Inspector Gadget.
0: Yep. Either way.
1: Um. All right. Do you have any gripes about this movie whatsoever? I mean, I. <sighs>
0: Yes, because it's massively racist, sexist, and all this other shit. But at the same time, like, in terms of it being a movie, no, actually. I have very few gripes. I mean, it's got no structure. Like, what do you, what do you gripe about when any flaws that you would call out in this movie, the movie is making fun of itself in the, its own runtime? You know what I mean? Like, shit that you'd be pissed off about, like, oh, fourth wall breaks. They make fun of themselves for doing it. The whole movie is a big in-joke on itself. So, like, I don't know. No really
1: <laughs> yeah i mean there were a couple of the gags that just went too far for me and took me out of it like the yeah
0: like some of it hasn't aged like 100 percent well but like yeah i do i'm okay with like this came out in 1973 you know what i mean like i, I gotta yeah. just put myself in like that context and it it works for me okay so
1: i don't know i don't feel like in any year mel brooks as a you know speaking was... indian chief in red face is okay
0: that one is a little, that's a little much. That, that, that was that the one. first
1: one. Yeah, And then pretty much all the gay jokes went too far and yeah. have aged like fucking milk for me. Like uh, the whole Bud- Budsby Berkeley thing, especially just all the male dancers being just really horrible it. stereotypes. So you have like can't horrible be a can't fem- get, gay yeah. man like that. Yeah. One. And I was just like, oh shit, this is, this is just. That one's hard, yeah. hard to fucking watch. Yeah, true. that one
0: caught me this time too. Like him is in the as the chief and the gay man at the end. I was like, oh, I'm actually them calling out like even at the beginning they say the f word, the other f word, or whatever. yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, for some reason that word catches me real like. It's my brother, obviously. Like yeah, why, yeah. why I get tagged by it, but like.
1: But yeah. every instance of a racial slur, I felt like was used for effect and not gratuitously.
0: Yeah, like that, I think that's the difference. It, it feels like the gay stuff was still gratuitous. Like they yeah. hadn't like you wouldn't be able to do that now it wasn't earned
1: uh, yeah the same way yeah yeah so, and then, like you said, there's some instances where the references just don't work 45 years later. Like, let's be honest, this is a movie that came out seven years before either of us were born. Yeah. And so the cultural knowledge that's needed to appreciate certain of the references just has dropped out of the zeitgeist almost 50 yeah. years later. Like, point. you can't catch it
0: by osmosis, like, five years after you're born, yeah. basically. You know what I mean? so, and I get the same
1: thing watching early episodes of Mystery Science Theater. Where there's like some of them that are just like, I don't get what you're fucking referencing here kind of thing. Well, I have the
0: same problem with Monty Python, like watching some yeah. of that stuff. Because like, I don't like it, it's so British sometimes. And it's like so much past, like, like, it's so much older than we are that like, I don't yeah. have any cultural context
1: Especially the like, Flying Circus stuff. Like the movies yeah. are, are built for a little bit wider of an audience. The movies yeah, are the, different. Yeah. Like the, the TV Flying Circus.
0: Yeah. I have a, te- I, like, I've watched it all once and I don't know if I'll, I would ever watch it again because it's just like, a lot of it didn't connect with me which is probably why I'm like a little bit more of a lukewarm Monty Python fan than some other people on this podcast are. Uh, just because like Flying Circus, <laughs> like it worked for me when I was a kid. And then like, it, I don't know, just didn't work anymore.
1: Either way. I mean, the stuff that's endured from Monty Python, and from the TV show is the stuff that has lasted the test of time, and that appeals to broader audiences, because it doesn't necessarily rely on that cultural knowledge, right? Like shit like the the fucking parrot sketch and shit like that doesn't, you don't need to know British culture to get that shit. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and then the only other thing is that there were a couple of the shots that I was just like, okay, this is kind of amateurish. Like it's fucking blurry or whatever. And like, it could have been done better, but it's a fucking comedy movie. So,
0: eh, it's a fairly low budget comedy movie too for the, yeah. I mean I guess I don't know if it's for the time I guess it's not too bad but it still seems yeah, like I,
1: don't know. I don't know what the average fucking budget was for, uh, uh, comedy for a comedy and, movie in 1974 it, but yeah. I can only imagine it wasn't two and a half million dollars it was maybe you know half that or something yeah I don't know so. that was pretty much it I mean everything else is fucking on point so let's wrap this up then give it a rating and a 10 mark and final thoughts I'm totally giving
0: this a 10 just because I love this movie and it's fucking hilarious. And you guys, you can call me racist all you want. It's just Whatever. <laughs> at this point, I'm white, so probably you're not wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Like, I love Mel Brooks. I've been a Mel Brooks fan since I was a kid. I don't know what that really says about how I was raised, but, you know, it's fine. It's completely fine. Like I grew up on, like, that like Dracula dead and loving it and Robin hood men in tights and all those movies. So like by the time you get to blazing saddles, like I was pretty well equipped for that, except like I wasn't expecting the social commentary, I guess kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I know this is one of those, like, I don't know if I would show it to anybody else. I don't even know if I'm really <laughs> happy that we did it as an episode. So that people know that I've watched it, <laughs> but I love this movie. So I guess there's that. So <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I also very much enjoyed it more than I was expecting it to given the reputation that it has i would say that coming to it this late in my life i would give it like an eight out of ten just because some of it is pretty fucking tough to watch you know without having seen it without having nostalgia for it kind of thing yeah but most of it is just fucking classic ass mel brooks goofiness and smart commentary and i was totally there for that part of it so yeah i think eight out of ten fair enough all right well, with that we can move on to our final segment this week, or in every week, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think that you might enjoy. Mark, what is your geek cred for this week? Well am I drawing a blank? I'm drawing a blank. I was watching something. And I was gonna recommend it and I forgot. You want me to go first? Yeah, please. Alright, my Geek Cred this week is a Facebook tag group called Well, Well Well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. It's got it's a huge tag group it's got like 140,000 members and it's just great for those days when you think like man I fucking wish stupid people and assholes had to face consequences for their stupidity because it's just full of fucking idiots doing stupid shit and having it go completely fucking wrong on them or like tons of posts of like assholes getting arrested or like losing their jobs for being just total fucking dicks like the this year it's been full of like people involved in the insurrection like the invasion of the u.s Capitol and shit like that like particularly people like saying like bragging it's so good because they're so good at like juxtaposing like here's a social media post where this person said like i like personally assaulted five police officers then i'll never be caught and then the next one is like a headline of them being arrested for their because they fucking got like turned in by their best friend or their wife or their kid or some shit like that. and It's just so fucking satisfying. Just beautiful fucking karma. And they also do a really solid job of keeping out like the fucking Nazis and bigots and shit like that too. So that's an added fucking benefit.
0: Yeah, the fact that you're doing it on Facebook still makes my skin fucking crawl, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> so
0: I finally saw Nobody, that movie oh. with... What's his name? Oh my, oh my god.
1: Better Call Saul.
0: Yeah, I was going to say this is called Saul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bob Odenkirk.
0: Bob Odenkirk. Yes, the the the, the quasi action vehicle with uh Bob Odenkirk.
1: Uh, I don't want to spoil it. And them, uh, and Chris and Chris Lloyd, right?
0: Yes, he's in there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a good time with it. Like, it's an action movie, and it's kind of a shocky, like, low budget action movie, but, like, I had a good time. He's so fucking good. You know what I mean? I
1: I love that idea of doing an action movie with just, like, a total fucking everyman kind of thing, rather than doing, like, the John Wick, like, this guy's at the peak of his fucking performance, you know, kind of thing. Like, just doing one where it's like, hey, yeah, you could be a fucking action hero if you just don't give a shit. Legitimately, that's the entire premise of Die
0: Hard. Yes. And that's why Die Hard works so well. But that's got fucking. But he's a Shelby every guy. Like, that's the point of that. Like, the point of the Die Hard franchise before he goes insane and, like, just starts making, like, he's, it makes, turns. I was going to say he turns Die Hard into Fast and Furious movies, but basically Fast and Furious movies became Die Hard movies <laughs> when they weren't originally, right? Like, that that wasn't the way it went before. But, like, no, I like this. It was a little bit more grounded. I mean, it still goes kind of off the, like, Hollywood rails at the end and, like, he fucking murders everybody and all that kind of shit. But, like, what are, what are you expecting from a movie at this point? But, like, he's really good in it. Yes, Christopher Lloyd is in there and he steals the fucking show for his scenes. I don't know. It killed an evening. So,
1: it's been on my sort of radar for a bit, and it yeah. looks like something I would enjoy. So, yeah, it's something uh, I might need to hunt down. And-
0: it was exactly that. It was just one of those movies that, like, I had kind of on my radar in the back burner. I was like, oh, I'll totally watch that because I love Bob Odenkirk and stuff. So, like, I'll watch basically anything he's in these days. And it looks like a John wick kind of action movie with Bob Odenkirk, which makes no fucking sense to me. But, like, I'm still going to watch because it's a John wick action movie with fucking Bob Odenkirk for whatever reason. So... Yeah, I sat down and watched it. Like I've seen it once. I liked it on my first viewing. I'll watch it again at some point and like you know actually give it a review. But fuck, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I wanted to recommend. I was like, I knew I watched a movie this week and I don't remember. <laughs> it's been it's been a busy week already. Which it's only fucking Tuesday, you know. So the joke from fucking Thirty Rock, where like she's like, oh, this week it's been brutal, right? It's Wednesday, Lemon.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Jack Donaghy, I love him. Anyway. Week
1: at least. For the for those of us that work nine to fives.
0: Well, some of us are freelance. We don't get those, you know, <laughs> benefits. Some of us are off when we want to be off, but also yeah, some of us go. are you know, some of us got jobs to do. Either way.
1: All right. Well with that, we can finish up this week's episode. So thank you very much for listening. And if you uh, would like to talk to us about anything you've heard on this episode, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast. You can email us at danceforpotdancepodcasts at gmail.com. And if you're not already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be found. And I'll add on to that this week that if you like our podcast, share it with somebody. Tell them that you like us and that you think you know maybe that they might like it as well. And uh, you can also give us ratings on some of those platforms as well, because that's the sort of thing that helps our visibility and also helps us get exposed to more people phrasing. So with that, we'll say good you night. You don't want
0: us exposing ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> the Ghostbusters line I can use, I'm going to use it.
1: It's true. Say good night, Mark. Good night, Mark. Say good night, Tim. Good night, Tim. And this is us signing off and saying... Morons